0: Good evening, welcome to Voice in the Wilderness Internet Radio. We are streaming live down the internet from London. This show is dedicated to God through our Lord Jesus Christ. On tonight's show, we will discuss the question, What does it mean to be saved? We will be looking at what the Bible teaches. More about our topic after we've had some music.
2: That's who Hallow saints that Jesus knew. It's mm-hmm.
0: What does it mean to be saved? We will be discussing this question with answers from the Bible Have a pen and paper ready to write down some notes Tonight we will discuss these questions together What does the Bible say that salvation is? Where does salvation come from? Why do we need to be saved? Are we once saved always saved? Can we experience salvation every day? So, what does the Bible say that salvation is? Let us first go to the book of Matthew, chapter 1 and verse 21. That's Matthew, chapter 1 and verse 21. The Bible reads, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins. To be saved means to be saved by Jesus Christ from your sins. This is what the Bible clearly states. If we read what is written in the book of James chapter 5 and verse 20 now, that's James chapter 5 and verse 20, the Bible reads again, Let him know that he which converteth the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death, and shall hide a multitude of sins. And so, in accordance to this Bible verse, listeners, to be saved by Jesus Christ from your sins means to be saved from death. And so, comparing these two verses, to be saved by Jesus means to be saved from your sins, and it means to be saved from death. Looking on, if we can carry on more to see what the Bible has to say, then I would encourage you to look in the book of Romans, chapter 6 and verse 23. Romans, chapter 6 and verse 23, where the Bible reads, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. This is a verse that's well known by many Christians, but by some it may not be so well known. Thus, salvation is to receive eternal life from God through Jesus Christ. So, looking now at what the Bible says salvation is, where does salvation come from, listeners? Have you wondered where salvation comes from? You may already know. Let's now look in the book of Psalms, chapter 62 and verse 1. That's Psalm, chapter 62 and verse 1, where the Bible reads, Truly my soul waited upon God. From him cometh my salvation. And so, salvation, eternal life, as what we have saw in Romans chapter 6, verse 23 Salvation and eternal life comes from God. Now, we can go to the book of Hebrews in chapter 5 and verses 8 and 9. That's Hebrews chapter 5 and verses 8 and 9. And again, the Bible reads, Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered, and being made perfect, He became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. And so Jesus, the Son of God, is the author of eternal salvation. We receive salvation, eternal life, when we obey him. Carrying on further this evening, looking in the Bible, in the book of Romans, chapter 1 and verse 16, The Bible states, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation, to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. Thus looking at this verse here, we see now another element that the Bible adds to the work of salvation, to understand what salvation is, that through the gospel we receive the power of God unto salvation and so we see that power is involved in order for sinners to receive eternal life you know people in the world are seeking for power power to change power to 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 convert people to their ideas power to control people but listeners and all those listening let us hear and understand what the Bible has to say that we need power from God, not power from within, power that does not come from the sinner, but power that comes from God himself. Now, if you again take your Bible or take down this verse, this chapter and this verse in the book of John, John chapter 1, verse 12, the Bible reads, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God even to them that believe on his name. But well, who is this him? Who is this him that we have to receive power from in order to become the sons of God? If we look at verses 15 and 17 in the Bible, then the Bible explains. John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This was he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me. Or because, for he was before me, excuse me. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. And so this hymn that we need to receive power from, power to become the sons of God, even to those that believe on his name, this hymn is Jesus Christ. I do hope that the listener can understand the power that there is in Jesus Christ power to save us from our sins and to give us eternal life you see Jesus is not just a man Jesus is God and it's not the weakening that the devil tries to portray him as listeners but he is the almighty God who is a hundred percent God and a hundred percent man now some may ask the question why does Jesus have the right to give us power to be saved the Bible explains in the book of Ephesians, chapter 1 and verse 7. That's Ephesians, chapter 1 and verse 7. It says, In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. You see, that blood that he shed whilst he was on the cross of Calvary, his life given for ours, gives him the right to give the men power to be saved. And again, furthermore, if you can look in the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 1 and verse 5, that's Revelation chapter 1 and verse 5. It says, And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, See, that very blood, the life that was spilled out from us, for us, I should say, from Jesus Christ on Calvary, this is the very life that washes our sins. We will study more about the merits of the blood of Christ and why this price had to be paid for our redemption in future programs. More about this subject after this short break.
3: Every time I feel the Spirit moving in my heart, I will pray. Every time I feel the Spirit moving in my heart, I will pray. Upon the mountain my Lord spoke, out of his mouth came fire and smoke. There's not but one train that runs its track It runs to heaven, runs right back Every time I feel the spirit moving in my heart I will pray Every time I feel the spirit moving in my heart I will pray I went to the valley I didn't go to stay. My soul got happy, and I stayed all day. Looked all around me, and it looked so fine. I asked the good Lord if all was mine every time my I- Feel the Spirit moving in my heart I will pray every time I feel the Spirit moving in my heart I will pray every time I feel the Spirit moving in my heart I will pray every time I feel the Spirit moving in my heart Moving in my heart, moving in my heart, I will pray.
0: What does it mean to be saved? Some people believe that you need to be worthy to be saved. Some people believe that it's accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. Some believe it's the best thing that could happen in your entire life. And some believe that it's to live. What does the Bible say? Now, why do we need to be saved? Why do we need to be saved? Here is where we need to understand what life is all about. Now, If we look at John chapter 15 and verses 5 and 7, that's John chapter 15 verses 5 and 7. The Bible states, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Here the Bible states that unless we abide in Christ, which means for Christ's words to abide in us, for his words to be the center of all our thoughts and actions, then we cannot do anything. The devil has made men believe that they can live without God, but Christ is seeking to help us to understand that we cannot live without him it needs to be understood that each and every one of us is living on borrowed time. Once we have been born, we have been given time on this earth to either accept or to reject the salvation that God is offering through the gospel of Jesus Christ. And no one, therefore, cannot say that they did not have a chance to have eternal life because the Bible teaches, if you look in the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 21, That's Acts chapter 2, verse 21. It states, And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. See, the Bible says whosoever. It doesn't just say the people living in England, people living in America, the people living in the Caribbean, the people living in Africa, the people living in Asia. It says whosoever. Anyone, whoever it is, all over the world who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now let us look at first John chapter four, verse eight. Let's look at another reason why we need to be saved, and really the most important reasonlessness. In first John chapter four, verse eight, the Bible reads, He that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. See, the Bible makes it plainly that God is love. In 1 John chapter 3 and verse 14, we read, We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. So you see, God has to save us from sin because sin makes us hate. See? And as the Scripture verse clearly states that we pass from death unto life because we love the brethren, and that he that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Now, we can study further on in 1 John 3 and verse 15. 1 John 3 and verse 15. The Bible states, Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer and you know that no murderer have eternal life abiding in him. See, listeners, unless God saves us, then the consequences of being left to our own actions is that we would eventually destroy each other out of hatred. See, there would not be a human being left on this earth if God did not interpose to seek to give us the power to truly love each other again. So that's why we need to be saved, because without the power of God's love in our hearts, we cannot love each other. We would only hate each other. And sadly, in the Bible, a time is foretold coming when the people of the earth, after they have rejected the salvation that Jesus Christ has offered, will seek to totally destroy each other. But we will study this matter on another program. Now, how can we experience salvation today? How can we experience this love and power that God is offering to us to save us from our evil ways? The book of Ephesians helps to explain how we experience salvation from sin. If we go to Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 to 14, as Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14, the Bible reads, In whom, that's Christ, you also trusted, after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom, that's Christ, also, after that you believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance unto the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. And so we experience salvation today by hearing the word of God, by trusting in the word of God, by believing in the word of God, by receiving the Holy Spirit of promise. The impartation of the Holy Spirit is God's pledge to us that he will give us eternal life At Christ's second coming See And so God Has made it clear that salvation Is not just an empty experience Listeners By receiving the Holy Spirit That's God's pledge to us That he will give us eternal life At Christ's second coming Now why is this Why does God have to make this pledge Why do we need to receive the Holy Spirit I promise now The reason is understood in the book of Romans chapter 5 and verse 5. That's Romans chapter 5 and verse 5. And the Bible reads, And hope make not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. So, listeners, through the power of the Holy Ghost, by faith, God imparts his love to us, That's why we need the Holy Ghost in our lives. In our lives, I should say. Because to believe in God alone and in Christ alone is not enough in order for us to receive the Holy Ghost. This is explained in Acts chapter 5 and verse 32. Acts chapter 5 and verse 32. Here the Bible explains, And we are his witnesses of these things and so is also the Holy Ghost whom God have given to them that obey him. So unless we're obedient to God, we cannot receive the Holy Ghost, we cannot receive power from heaven to overcome sin, to overcome hatred, to overcome our evil ways. So if any of us are struggling, trying to be a Christian, wondering how they can be a Christian, the Bible explains that All we need to do is to submit to God, allow him to work out his purpose in our life, and he promises the power of the Holy Ghost to give us love and peace in our hearts. Thus, unless we trust in God and ask him for power to obey his word and to do what he says, then we will not receive the Holy Ghost. Now, as we studied earlier, listeners, Salvation is experienced when we live by God's Word and make Christ's Word the rule of our life. Power is promised by God to help us to do this. And again, this should be a great encouragement to us that we're not left in this life to struggle alone. Salvation comes daily when we allow God's mind to direct our minds through His Word. His love in us and through us is then guaranteed and experienced and true Christians know how the love of God and the power of the Holy Spirit is in their life they know what it means and what it does why because they testify of the change that God's eternal power makes in their hearts and lives to those who know him truly God is real Maybe you may have a testimony or testimonies in your life of how you've experienced the power of God, how he's changed you, and how he's made you anew. You know, listeners and listener, whether you're a single listener or whether it's plural, the world needs to hear the testimony of how God is real. Because this world that we're in is one where there's so many people that don't believe that there is an almighty God that there is a power above the power on this earth in control of all things. He's looking for witnesses. He's looking for us to give a testimony of how he is real and how he has made changes in our lives. Now, another question that comes to mind is, are we once saved, always saved? Because this is what some people believe in that we once saved, always saved. At this point in time, we'd like to let Pastor Doug Batchelor of the Amazing Facts Ministry in the United States of America answer this question. This presentation was recorded in the year 2019 in answer to the question, once
1: saved, always saved. Once you're saved, can you be lost? Is it true that once you're saved that uh, there's nothing you could do where you'd be lost? And this is a question that has divided Christians for over a thousand years. Um, I want to state at the beginning, I know there are good, loving, spirit-filled people that are on both sides of this issue, but it is at the same time a very important issue to understand because misunderstanding this subject can cost a person their eternal life. Indeed, I believe there will be millions who will be lost because they did not understand the subject That salvation is something that you must nurture, that you must hang on to because you can lose it if you neglect your relationship with the Lord. So all these folks who think, I came forward to the altar, I felt the Holy Spirit in my heart, I gave my life to Jesus, I know it was real. But then they drift away and they think, oh, well, I'm saved. I've talked to people before and they say, I'm a Christian, I'm just not a practicing Christian. I was saved when I was a kid. That's a very dangerous belief because it's not true that you can turn your back on God and you'll still be assured of salvation. You know, salvation is something that you must nurture. It's something where we need to hang on to the Lord. We need to abide in the Lord. You have several examples in the Bible of people who clearly were saved. Balaam the prophet was a prophet of God. He gave true prophecies. He was filled with the spirit of God, but he began to covet money And he ultimately was lost. Revelation warns about him and uh, Peter talks about him as he is lost. You got King Saul chosen by the Lord, filled with the spirit of the Lord, just like David was filled with the spirit of the Lord. He even prophesied, but then he nurtured a, a rebellious, proud spirit until finally he grieved away the Holy Spirit. God would not speak to him, not through prophet, not through priest, Urim or Thummim, and he went to a witch and he committed suicide. He was lost. Some might even contest. At one point, Judas was saved. Jesus sent him out along with the 12. They came back saying, even the demons are subject unto us and they were performing miracles, but he clung to his greed and his selfishness and he also hung himself, took his own life. So it is possible for a person who was once saved to ultimately then be lost. Jesus said, he that endures to the end will be saved. We need to hang on to the end. That's what Paul says. I have fought a good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept my faith. It's something that must be clung to, to the end.
0: And so, listen to this testimony and listen to what Pastor Doug Batchelor has said and what we will also share from the scripture. Salvation from sin and evil and from hatred is not guaranteed in this life even though you may initially experience it through Jesus Christ. A person can turn from God and commit iniquity, which is willful sin. If you go to Psalm 28, verse 3, you'll see that iniquity is where you speak peace to your neighbors, but mischief is in your heart. So those who willfully deceive, those who willfully lie against others, even though they could have and would have done good if they would have lied and not repented, they could die because of it. And so, as we come to the end and near to the end of this discussion tonight, let's go to the book of Ezekiel, chapter 33, and verses 18 and 19. That's Ezekiel, chapter 33, and verses 18 and 19. And the Bible reads, When the righteous turneth from his righteousness and committeth iniquity, he shall even die thereby but if the wicked turns from his wickedness and do what, that which is lawful and right he shall live thereby so a righteous person once he turns from his righteousness and commits iniquity he shall die from his iniquity if he doesn't turn from that iniquity and if the wicked turns from his wickedness and do that which is lawful and right and lives a consistent life then he shall live thereby So you see, God is a just God. He gives us all the chance for us to change our ways. But still we must remember that once our ways have been changed towards him, we've turned towards him, we must continue to abide in him and trust in him and not take anything for granted. Listeners, Jesus, he is our example. As he trusted in God the Father when he was upon this earth, even unto death, and was raised from the dead by his own power and lives forevermore, so we are to trust in Christ. We are to be obedient unto him unto death, looking for the blessed hope of his second coming. Then he's promised to take his people to live with him forever. Because Matthew chapter 10, verse 22, in Matthew chapter 10, verse 22, Jesus has told us, And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endureth to the end, not to the beginning or to just past halfway, but he that endures to the end shall be saved. And again, if we look at Psalm 106, verse 47, and in this Bible text here, we have another factor, which again we'll be studying um, about and looking onto in the future, As we delve deeper into our Bible studies, in Psalm 106, verse 47, it states, Save us, O Lord our God, and gather us from among the heathen to give thanks unto thy holy name and to triumph in thy praise. So you see, to be truly saved is to be gathered from among the heathen. That's those nations that don't serve God. God has to remove his people from among the godless. It's until that time that we can truly say That we've been 100% saved And taken up from this sinful earth So We're going to have some more music And we'll round up for tonight
4: In the heart Best field now ripened There's a work for all to do Hark the voice of Jesus calling To his harvest calling you Little is much when God is in you Labor not for wealth or fame There's a crown and you can win it If you go in Jesus' name Does the place you're called to labor Seems so small and little no but it is great if God is in it and he will not forsake his own when the conflict here is ended and our race On earth is run He will say If we've been faithful Welcome home My child, well done Your little is much When God is in it Labor not For wealth or fame There is a crown And you can win it If
0: What does it mean to be saved? What does it mean to be saved? It means to be saved from sin, from hatred and evil. And it means to receive the love of God and his eternal life. My friends, listeners, let us consider these things this evening. Let us take the time to ponder upon whether we truly would like to be saved, we truly would like to honour God, that we truly would like to glorify him in our lives by putting away our evil ways and asking him for power, for strength through the Holy Ghost, to love and to care and to be a blessing in this life. Let us pray and ask God, to do these things for us. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for this radio show tonight. Lord, as we've looked in the Bible to hear your testimony and for us to learn for ourselves from your word about what it means to be saved. And I pray especially, Lord, for those who may have first heard these things, that they would simply give their heart to you and ask you, what do I need to do to be saved? For those who may be Christians, who profess to be Christians in name, I pray, Lord, that they would look into their hearts and we would look into our hearts and see whether we truly have your love dwelling within us whether we're caring and true and reflecting the life that you lived upon this earth. I pray, Lord, that we would understand that we're only given a certain allotted time on this earth and, Lord, that we have no time to waste. So help us, Lord, to humble ourselves, our proud selves, and to allow you to lift us up by your grace. And so, Lord, I ask simply for your blessing upon us this evening, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, Amen. If you have any questions, or if you would like more information about tonight's subject, listeners, then please send an email to inquiries at wildernesspublications.org. dot org, or you can send a text message to zero seven nine four four zero six two seven eight six. If you live in the United Kingdom, please contact us with your name and address and we will send you a free tract called Salvation. Those who are living outside the UK can request for an electronic version to be sent to them free. If you have the Android app for Voice in the Wilderness internet radio, go to the e-book section, then find the title Bible Readings for the Home. At Chapter 14, you will find the subject, Salvation. This will give you more information about today's topic. Well, on next week's show, we will discuss the question, what does it mean to be holy?" That's it for tonight's show. Until next week, good night and God bless. Voice in the wilderness, Internet Radio. Enlightening the world every week. It's not just
1: knowing about the doctrine in the Bible. That is not what we stand for here.
0: Streaming powerful, biblically-based messages live down the
1: This congregation may never be gathered together again as we see Voice it. Voice in the
0: Wilderness, Internet Radio, enlightening the world every week.